good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Bag Lady Show. You know, we really want to encourage people to give back, uh, and we sell bags to fund causes for women who are in crisis, who have needs in the U.S. and around the world. And we really also want to encourage you to live lives of purpose and service. We have an amazing woman who was born in Kenya, uh, who we're going to be interviewing in, in just a moment. She immigrated to the U.S., done some great things. Oh, amazing things. And since we're, you know, doing a lot of work in Kenya, why don't we start out with a few facts about Kenya today? Good idea. Um, first off, Kenya is about the size of Texas and has over 40 million people. 40 million beautiful people. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful people. people. Uh, most of Kenyans are farmers living in rural areas, and their main exports are tea and coffee. And let me tell you, it is the bestest tea and coffee in the world. Our tea and coffee is bogus compared to their tea their and coffee. Tea it and is coffee is mwah. delightful. It, it's great. <laughs> it's great. Well, Kenya is also known for their runners and their World-renowned safaris. And they are spectacular. I mean, it's like you're just stepping out of a National Geographic magazine. It's incredible. And uh, by the way, uh, the bag ladies are going to be uh, taking a team or some people who might want to go to Kenya this summer. So we'll be talking more about that. Uh -huh. The safaris are a high point uh, in, in the whole trip. It is. And, and a safari is included in every one of our trips. And sometimes people are like, oh, well, we feel bad. We shouldn't be doing mm -hmm. that. They need our tourism. Tourism is a it big It drives their economy. economy. It creates mm -hmm. jobs. So it's, it's a fun thing for everybody. It really and it is. really it helps, helps everybody. their economy. It helps everybody. Um, there are 42 tribes with different languages, but the official national language is Swahili. And there's only really one word that you need to know because they also speak fantastic English, Great much English. better English than what we do. We, we crucify the King's English, uh, but there's only one word you really need to know. And it's jumbo. Jumbo. What does that mean? Hello. Hello. Howdy. Howdy. Hello. Jumbo. <laughs> um, the currency of Kenya is a shilling. And I just happen to have one oh. here. This is a hundred shilling. It is a worth about one dollar, and the first president of Kenya, President Jomo Kenyatta, is on this 100 shilling bill. So if you go with us, uh, you will be very in much introduced to shillings. Absolutely. And, uh, Absolutely. But you know, always, our favorite part of Kenya is the people. Always. I mean, they are just so humble, particularly the, the people in the villages, and so thankful and so wonderful. I mean, their children are beautiful and so well-behaved. Uh, tonight, you're going to be inspired uh, by one of Kenya's best. Her name is Lily Richards. She grew up as a poor girl uh, in a rural area, Kakamega in Kenya, and uh, she was able to immigrate to the U.S. I guess we have a lottery system, and she was able to get in that way. She started uh, an incredible organization called Kenya Women in the United States, or Kwitu, and it's a vast network which helps these women uh, who have come here, and can you imagine how scary that is, 
you know, all, some of them on their, by themselves. She also has started a, a cosmetic line. Fascinating story that you're going to be encouraged by. Enjoy and listen to the wonderful story of Lily Richards. We are here today with the beautiful, gorgeous Lily Oketch Richards. Hi, Lily. How are you doing? Hi, how are you? Well, we're just so great and uh, we're just so happy to have you on. Uh, we're just so excited about it. Uh, you have such an amazing story and you've done some amazing things. And um, so, you know, I, I really just want to start there because our audience, uh, I, mean, I know your audience knows a lot more about you, but but our audience uh, in large part doesn't. And I want them to hear the, the Kenya part. So I want to know about where you grew up and, and what was life like for you uh, in rural Kenya? Um, awesome. So before I get into all that, um, I, I want to thank you for having me. And uh, also thank you for all the work you do in Kenya. I don't know how you ended up in Kenya, but we're glad you're there. Uh, thank you for all the, um, the support you're giving to our people. Um, as for me, uh, yes, I was born in Kenya at a place called Kakamega. It's in the Western part of uh, Kenya. Many people hear about the big cities. And if you know, Kisumu is very popular, especially with um, the bird watchers because there's so many species of birds there. So every time I meet anybody who's into bird watching, they say something about, oh, we've been to Kisumu. And that's how I knew um, Kisumu is popular with that. So we're just about um, uh, an hour from Kisumu or 45 minutes from Kisumu. Okay. Um, yes. I was born the first child in a home of four. Um, I have a sister and two brothers. My mom... Um, who is in Kenya right now, but she lives here. Um, also, uh, was she used to work with the Ministry of Health, and my daddy was an accountant. Mm. Uh, he's late now. He died in the year 2000. Mm. Yeah. Well, uh, tell us a little bit about rural life, particularly for, for, for girls. What, what is that like? Huh. So, um, yeah, I'll try to, I'll do my best to put it into perspective, really, because for me, most of it seems normal, but it's, it's going to be different totally for somebody who's never been to Africa. So you have, um, I don't know if they can relate, but um, the rural life is a simple life. Um, you, you were born, you grew up without ever seeing your parents owning a car mm -hmm. or anything and, and it's just okay because that's the life you know. So we were so used to going to school uh, sometimes without shoes and without a bag. You'd put your books in a plastic bag, right. go to school as long as you're able to go to school. Mm -hmm. um, you use one book for everything. Sometimes you take one exercise book and split it in the middle so that you can have two books. It was mm -hmm. so simple. It was um, so you know, we just did with what we could we could get or what we could afford, and um, that's the life I, uh, the life I knew, especially when I was a kid. Uh, to the point when you're growing up and you go into upper primary school, now you start maybe your parents start giving you shoes at least uh, every day because now you're getting older. You have uh, plastic shoes. They, they called them. Uh, I don't know how they called in English, but we call them sandals. Okay, flip flops. Yeah. 
<laughs> and I remember wearing that for so long. I think oh, until I was out of primary school and they were the best thing. You would clean them up so well. You'd, <laughs> sometimes we'd put oil on them to shine. It's crazy. But <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, obviously, it was a humble life uh, and I loved it um, because there wasn't anything else that, you know. We yeah, that's all we knew. We we didn't have TVs until later on, you know, and we didn't know much. You know, we'd see cars, but cars are for special people, rich people and all of that. Mm-hmm. And uh, the place is just not even far from where I grew up that people had never seen cars ah, yes. for when they were babies or kids, you know. But now, of course, things are different. Yeah. And that's so interesting. Um, we have a good friend who came to America from Africa and he was blown away by a car wash. We going inside of it and seeing the water, and he thought that was the craziest thing ever. What was one of the what, what stuck out to you when you first came to America as something like what is this? Okay, I'm laughing at the car wash because that was very shocking to me too. Because I was like, what? And um, I remember going to with uh, with my guardian, uh, the lady who took me in, and we went to the bank. I remember it was a drive-through at a PNC bank. Mm-hmm. And when she put her stuff on that tube and it went up, disappeared. Like, Whoa! <laughs> what is happening? You, you know? thought you were in outer space. Oh, gosh. Yeah. It's like, wow. How does that happen? And then it comes back with money and with money. <laughs> it comes back. <laughs> and a sucker. Miraculous. <laughs> yeah. And then there was also this thing about when, you know, walking into Macy's and the doors. No, it wasn't Macy's. It was somewhere. The doors just go. <laughs> open. And, I, and um, uh, it's so funny now when I think about it. And even sometimes like you go in the bathroom and, and the bathroom just flashes and you're like, wait a minute. I didn't anything. What just happened? It's yeah. even done and it's flushing. What's going on? Yeah. yeah. Well, well, let me let me let me go back. So let's go back just a little bit, and we I want to know, and our listeners I know will want to know, how did you get here? Yeah. What were the circumstances yeah. that got you from Kenya to to the United States? Mm-hmm. So it's um it's really a crazy story, but. How I got here is not that crazy. So basically growing up when I was little, I really used to love watching the NBA when now we had a TV and everything when I was in um, high school. And even in school, in high school, we had entertainment and we had on Saturdays, you could have TV all day. If you want to go watch TV, um, you could go or you want to go stay somewhere and read. So I really love to watch the NBA. And uh, it's so funny. I'd never been to America. I had never, you know, I had no connection whatsoever, but I really loved the LA Heat for -hmm. some reason. (laughs) I don't know why, you know. So there was just this team that I loved so much. And um, I remember some of my friends, we used to uh, have this thing where we were just fanatics and they'd be like, oh, Chicago Bulls, blah, blah, blah. And we would fight and talk. (laughs) It's just, it's crazy. Kenyans, we just like that. Like with soccer, people just have teams that they will fight you for. They don't even have shares in um, Manchester United or Arsenal, but it's just a thing. So I really always now started thinking about going abroad um, when I was in high school and I spoke to my father about it. And um, he started processing my 
uh, my uh, university paperwork when I immediately I finished high school. And he was trying to get me to come to Alabama. And at that time, I thought I really wanted to be a lawyer. So mm-hmm. I was trying to go to law school. So I started now thinking, staying focused about going to the States. I just really started thinking about it. And I started entering the lottery. So I was just like, whichever works first is okay. And um, I remember my dad did this. We got applications. We did an application. We sent our paperwork. We got uh, the paperwork from the university. My dad filled out everything, sent out bank statements, all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that time, he, you know, my family was not, we were doing much better because when we started, my dad had not even um, gone to college. But by the time I was in high school, he had graduated uh, from an accountancy college. He had CPA wow. one, two, three. He was a senior accountant. He was doing well. So, you know, uh, he, he went to college when we were, we were already, when he already had a family. Um, so he was really trying to send me to school. And then unfortunately, he died before this whole thing, this whole process came through. And so it's almost like my dreams were all shattered. Um, um, I was actually, I had given up. I decided, you know what, I'm not even going to, I'll never amount to anything. My dad who was fighting for me is gone. Um, my dreams are gone. And my job now is to just uh, give my mama humble time because she's now alone and she has four kids to raise. I was the firstborn. And at that time, um, I was in colleges because my dad, he told me, there's no way you're going to stay here. Go to that college as we wait for your paperwork to come through. So I was at a college where um, I was studying hotel management. And now my mom has to pay school fees for me. My two siblings who were in high school and the little uh, our baby brother uh, who was in primary school. And it was so hard for her. So I asked her if I could just drop out of college so that she has only these two kids so that at least they can get the high school education, which I already had. And she refused. You know, wow. she said to me, uh, before I let that happen, um, I would have to sell everything your daddy left. You know, I would have to sell all the land he's left, mm-hmm. all the animals he's left. You know, we have animals. So she believed in you. You know, cows. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, she, oh yeah. yeah. Cows are a big Cows are a big yeah. thing in Kenya. It's yeah. a sign. Of, it's it's your wealth, isn't it? Sign of wealth. So, yes, yes. Yeah. So she, she left the wealth. Really, yeah. she really yeah. sacrificed then, didn't she? Yep. Yeah. yeah. So by God's grace, um, she sent me through. I finished college, and um, um, one day I was just minding my own business. I was doing uh, job training somewhere, and my mom sent me a letter. I was in Mombasa at that time. She sent me a letter and she told me these things keep coming. Uh, and it was a, it was a, one of these agencies that, um, you know, the DV lottery. There are these agencies that come in between and for and prey on people who don't know how these things work. Yeah. So you yes. pay them I... for them to do the application for you. Okay. I had tried that before. So. So many times I would pay money and my, my mom would give me the money. And before that, when my dad was alive, he would give me the money. But nothing came. So I tried twice and gave up. So one day she said, these things keep coming. Why don't you try again? Mm. And I was like, wait a minute. I'm, I've tried so many times. I don't think it's going to work. So no, uh, let me stay focused, do what I'm doing here. You know, focus on my career now because I was pursuing um, a career in hotels. So Ah, but then two days later, um, 
I was just sitting somewhere with a friend and somebody I don't even know, which is the weirdest thing, came and asked us, uh, did you guys want to apply for the DV lottery, blah, blah, blah. And I said, why? Who are you? Why are you asking? Why are you asking us this? So then we realized where we were sitting, right behind us is a cyber cafe and he works there. And he'd been doing these applications for people um, for a couple of days, and he was just oh. trying to get customers to go in, spend some time there, pay him the few shillings and help you with that. And we said, um, okay, so how how much? He said, it doesn't matter. It just depends on how long you guys are going to stay on the computer. I said, okay, sure. So we went in, and he did the applications for both of us. Um and we sent in our staff and uh, he gave us the confirmation right so we said okay this is your confirmation he printed it gave it to us and we were out of there like nothing happened we just wow. paid him it was nothing it was about 20 shillings and we went about our business and um a couple of months later when i had forgotten about it a big package came in the mail and i was like wait a minute <laughs> so apparently i got it wow wow yeah what a- so that's how <laughs> that's how you got it. Wow. So, the, yeah. so the lottery is is the is the US government allows so many people in and you yes. put your name in the lottery and you just you won it. You yeah. You got to and what year did then did you get to the US? I got here in uh, nine in 2007. And so what happened then when you went when you arrived uh, in the US? Then 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 take us from that point. Mm-hmm. Wow. So um, I went through the whole process. It's a, it's a long process yeah. and it's, it's, a, it's not a hard process. Um, then came here. When I arrived here, um, the, the host family that was hosting me was, it was people I knew from back in the day when I was a kid in, in uh, mm-hmm. Sunday school. I don't know if you know. Oh, yes. Sunday we know school. what that is. Yes. Yeah. So it was my Sunday school teacher and his family. Um, so when I came here, uh, he was supposed to pick me up. I arrived in the morning. He wasn't there. Oh no. Uh, At about eight o'clock in the morning, he wasn't there. So he had given me his phone number and, uh, he had also given me his address. So, um, I misplaced the address, but I had the phone number. Oh, good. Um, so when I got to the airport and, uh, waited for about four hours, I finally decided to call. You know, I don't know how we are. We, you, you would sit there for four hours just waiting on somebody and you're still thinking, it's too early to call. I don't know. That's the- <laughs> it's too early. It's four, it's four hours. But the Kenyans have a yeah. lot more patience than the Americans. <laughs> Trust me, I don't have the patience anymore. anymore. <laughs> 10 minutes and, you know? Yeah, so um, I called and... Um, it went to the voicemail, it didn't pick up, and then oh, I God. sat there waiting. And um, something told me maybe I should try uh, walking around the airport, see if I can find a cyber cafe, and go back to the emails where he sent me um, his address and print it out, mm-hmm. or just get the address and, and get in a cab and go because there are cabs out there. Um, and I couldn't find a cyber. I, it's not like Kenya where there's cyber cafe in every corner, you know. So there's no way I can just go in and access the computer and print or get this out. I didn't have um, a cell phone. So, um, they, okay, I had a cell phone, but it was useless already. So it's like I don't have it. Yeah, because it's a Kenyan line. I'm here. It's not working. It's nothing. Oh, so yeah. I, I decided to um, 
go get change and try calling again. So basically these quarters, because I had gotten a few quarters, I already used that when I tried to call him, so I wanted more. So I went and bought coffee and got more quarters. <laughs> then I tried to call again and he picked up and uh, I said, you know, I'm already here. I said, oh yeah, I already sent somebody to pick you up. You haven't seen anyone? I said, no. Um, yeah, I said, somebody came and they had your name. Um, oh, on a sign. Yes. Oh. And I said, no, I've been here. I haven't seen anyone. So, okay, I said, okay, uh, just wait. I'll come. I'll come get you. And then I waited another two hours. Oh, bless you. Yeah. yeah. Until oh. finally, <laughs> I just decided, you know what? I'm tired of sitting down. I'm going to just start moving around in this airport, you know, people might think I'm I'm abandoned or something. So I went up the escalator, went to take, I took the, the little train, whatever oh, yeah. it is, uh -huh. went to another terminal to, to the next until I came back. And um, he's still not um, here. And the moment um, I sat down, uh, I thought about, maybe I should go up there, get something to eat. Um, Again, took the escalator up, started walking around. And when I was coming back again, I saw him and I could recognize him right away because he was standing right in front of me. Wow. And I was so Thank shocked. You. Yeah. That was so, your initiation then that you asked, bless your heart. And, oh, yeah. And how old were you? Um, I was 26, I think. Oh, yeah. I was turning 26 that November. It's frightening. I mean, you're in a foreign country and they, they're not there and so yeah. so these people took you in they sponsored you and then then what did you go to school did you look for a job then, then what happened so while there um it was a nice household because they had um girls my age oh. which was very nice yeah yes. and yeah so he uh the family has uh one daughter that's older than me and actually one that's only a year older and one that's my age. So it was really good. Uh, there's so many girls in the house and everything. Uh, the family is also very nice and very kind, Christians, you know. So that was good for me. Um, and um, they are, of course, Kenyan, so it's easy for me to, to yeah. access things I like like Kenyan Ugali food, you know? Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So I'm trying to transition. It wasn't so hard because um, when it comes to, you know, people I can speak to, they were there. Um, mm. Until now, they were not there because I realized things quickly changed um, when they, because I came in the weekend. Okay. So when Monday came, I started to realize, okay, everybody now has disappeared. Everybody <gasps> oh, gone. they're at work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So everybody, when I wake up, the house is empty. Sometimes I go to bed before everybody's back. So it would be uh, the girls have gone to college uh, or school because one was young. Uh, she was in high school and um, they have gone to work. They had to leave very early, sometimes um, come back and um, the lady would go to another job. So she comes back really late. Uh, so it would be until maybe Saturday that we get to see each other again wow. as a family. Just all yeah. there by so yourself. Okay. Yeah. So the loneliness started creeping in slowly by slowly. Hold on. I spent... <laughs> mm -hmm. We're, I'm, the reason why I'm raising my hand is because during production, this means 
we need to start over again, just at where we were, only because we keep getting your sweet little sweetie in the background coming in and out, in and out, in and out. Okay. And it's okay. No worries. I'm just stopping it for a second. Okay. Let me, let me, mama, please go home. Go to the house. Yeah. Yep. Because I told you to sit over there, mama, you cannot keep calm. Just go and um, take your mask. Okay. Or you can go over there and uh, play a game on the computer. I don't know. Hi, mama. I, it doesn't bother me either, but from here going forward. How okay. about sorry. No, it's okay. So it's okay. That. We just kept hearing banging and seeing jumping in the back, and it's okay. No worries. Not at all. Yeah. Hi, sweetie. You're adorable. Isn't she beautiful. <laughs> She's not happy. Hey, mommy, I'm not. Oh, no. Okay. She'll be okay. Okay. Are you sorry, sorry about that? No, no, no. It's not your what? fault. And we can wait, and you can go talk to her for a second. Unless oh, no, she's gonna be okay. Okay. Oh, okay. Sorry, yeah. I didn't mean to. They just kept banging and running in the background, and yeah. just video quality. I hope she's okay. Okay. Good. She's okay. gonna be fine. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, um, so we're gonna pick it up at, um, you know, you're you're just kind of there by yourself most mm -hmm. of the time, and, and now transition into then what did you do? Did you go to school? Did you work and, and go from there? Yeah, so, um, you know, when you come here, it takes a while before you get your paperwork, before mm -hmm. uh, your social security comes out or your green card comes out. So during that time, you can do nothing. Oh. Um, yeah, you're not, you can't work. You can't do nothing. You can't get a job, nothing. So I had to wait. Mm -hmm. And um, I came in, you know, um, on uh, September, mm -hmm. I came in September. So uh, throughout uh, October, November, I wasn't able to do any work until yeah. December. Okay. When I was able, when all the stuff was here, I was able to get a driver's license. Okay. And I was able to um, go to um, start working. And I started working at Macy's. It was one of those seasonal jobs. So, yeah, but... Um, during that time when I was alone in the house, I learned to, I spent all, like most of my time on the computer. Okay. You know, I, yeah, that's when I started creating uh, profiles on multiple social, um, me social media platforms. And, um, mm. they had something called high five. I joined that. They had something called graduates. I was on that one and they had something called, um, MySpace. Um, I joined that and, and, and that didn't go so well. Um, I quickly left and then, um, I couldn't join Facebook because at that time, Facebook was only if you had a, an EDU address, I wasn't in college yet. So, yeah. So after, after you worked at Macy's, did, then did you eventually then start college? Oh, yeah. So uh, basically, I was alone a lot, even when I worked at Macy's. When I'm, when I'm home, free time, there's nobody home. And so I started wondering, how am I going to... Because the, 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 the one thing in my head, this is the thing uh, that happens with most of us when you're, in, um, when you're growing up in Africa. Mm -hmm. um, you get a passing grade, but also it's not very easy to go to college uh, because there was only 
a certain number of universities that would admit a certain number of people. So it, you could get a, a, a very strong B minus or even a B plus or even a strong C plus, but you're not uh, admitted into any college. It wasn't uh, like here. You would have to, to literally get an admission you know, from the Ministry of Education. Not, not that you can just apply to whichever college you want and it's automatic when you pass, you go. So um, you come here, you're craving for an education. You, education is everything. You want mm -hmm. to go to school. You want to amount to something. Mm -hmm. And that was me. Uh, my biggest thing, I wanted to go to school and that's something that was up there on the list. Go to school first and everything else later. So... When I came here, um, there was somebody I was I was dating before I came here. So sorry to say this, but that automatically took a very back seat mm. back there, you know, mm. um, because already there was so much distance between us and it wasn't practical anymore. And also because um, I knew that I have to just go back and start my life over. It's almost like you hit a reset. Okay. And trying to go to college here, I also realized that every education I did after high school doesn't matter anymore. Because they took, uh, they asked me for my paperwork to go and do the evaluation at WES. Um, and WES did my evaluation, everything came through 4.0 GPA. But when I sent those to college, they couldn't take any of my credits. Oh, oh God. Yeah. So I did, Gosh. I was a transfer student with zero credit. Uh, so I had to start from scratch. Yeah. Yes. Actually, they even had me taking algebra because they said um, I don't have proof of uh, college level mathematics. Oh. And they had me take an English test, which I think is okay, um, which I, I did very well. And that was um, not a problem. And so those are some of the challenges I faced trying to transition. Oh. And um, yes, I did manage to look up colleges and I had no idea what I'm doing. Um, there wasn't anybody around for me to ask because the girls in the house are always in and out. We don't get time to talk or anything. Um, so I was just looking for colleges where it's not too far from where I live that I can be able to commute. And I quickly realized, oh, Rakas is not far from here and this is not far from here. But then when it came to the fees, now that's where I made the decision. I said, okay, I'll take one with uh, fees that is also affordable. It's yeah. not too expensive. And I ended up going to William Patterson University here in Wayne, New Jersey. So, Jersey. Uh, so did you eventually graduate with a degree? Yes, I did uh, finance and oh. I graduated. And during that time when I started school, I also started looking for work. Mm -hmm. So the Macy's job was not supposed to last. It was only for the holidays. Yeah. So uh, when that uh, was done, I started looking for a job and uh I got, uh, the first job was direct care, where I was working with persons with uh, developmental disabilities, mm. adults, and these were people who are completely disabled, wheelchair bound. Um, oh, basically, you would have to help them with everything. Yeah. So you have to help them feed, shower, um, everything, basically, mm. dressing, everything. Mm. And I did that for um, about six months and I got another job at PNC Bank, which was a teller job part-time. Um, 
So I took the job. It was working for me. I talked to my boss to give me a, a, an evening schedule where I work overnight. And then I can go to PNC Bank in the morning. Oh, and I was still in school uh, oh, as a full-time student. So, you know, so. I, I, I've met so many people, women, you know, that came. Yeah. And I tell you, it's not easy. You think, oh, well, we're going to the U.S., the richest country is going to be a, a, a cakewalk. It is very difficult. And the loneliness that, yes. that you, you know, and, and not only you're by yourself in a foreign country, you're, you don't have your family support anymore. And then everything, everything is a struggle. Even just getting off of the airplane and trying to get a ride. <laughs> to, I mean, you from, know, from the very beginning, it's, it's you yeah. are German mama, man. And, and, you know, yeah. and, and people just, you know, they have no idea how difficult it is and all the obstacles that you have to overcome. It's true. Even when we go to Kenya, even getting used to driving just on the opposite side of the road, little <laughs> things like that are, uh, you know, I can't imagine coming by yourself, by it. yourself and trying to, to learn all of this. It's amazing. Amazing. Yeah. And, 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 and it sounds like you have a heart for helping people. I mean, that kind of a job where you're bathing people and helping them on that level of care um, sounds like you've really been good at wanting to help others. Is that something you've always felt in your heart? Oh, it's, um, I, I, I don't know. Um, I think being a firstborn, automatically you're positioned to to mm -hmm. to to help. Sure, absolutely. You have responsibilities. Like, yes, I feel like I raised my siblings, and because right. yeah. yeah, in in Kenya, you're 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 supposed to be responsible. You're supposed to be the example. You're supposed to take care of them. It's just something we do. It's it's natural, mm -hmm. you know, with African families, you know. It so, is. um. I feel, and also I feel like personally, my personality, many times I, people tell me, you know, sometimes you have to put yourself first. And mm -hmm. um, it was very hard for me to understand that until I had my coach tell me that, Lily, you have to understand that even if you are, if you die today, you drop down here and die today, Quito will still be here, you know? So when you're not okay in, in mentally or you're not okay physically or your health is not okay. You're not going to be able to help anyone. Uh, that that so is true. such a yes. great thing. You know, yeah. you have so. to take care of yourself. How how can you help anybody else if if you're not healthy? And that means mentally, emotionally, physically. Uh, it's so imp you know it's so important that you're not being selfish when you take care of yourself. And as women, it seems like it's a universal mm -hmm. thing. We are taught to put others first, others first, mm -hmm. others first. And then you come mm -hmm. to a point in your life where it's like, well, wait a minute, I have nothing left to give because right. I haven't given anything to myself. Mm -hmm. And so it's good that you had somebody mm -hmm. help you take a step back and realize, mm -hmm. okay, I'm important too. I need to take care of myself. Mm -hmm. And um, and so, so after... So, so you did get your degree in, in, in finance. Is that what you said? Or business? Yes. Yes. And then, then you went out into the working world, I assume? 
Ah, uh, yes, yes. And now uh, before I talk about that, also, I wanted to say something about these direct care uh, mm-hmm. jobs, you know. So with us, when we grow up in Africa, we always in a, we keep our families close. Yes. So when you see um, your your mom getting old, the, the older she gets, the older you adore her. And it's just how we are. And when like a grandmother, when your grandma walks into the house, you know, she commands all the attention. You know, you make sure she's sitting properly. You make sure she's well taken care of. We adore the, these older people because we believe they're the uh, custodians of blessings that come to us and our families. Beautiful. So um, when you work with people like that, older people, especially who are helpless like that, mm. you tend to to be very. Um, you have to be, you have to respect them, and it's something that I don't know how to explain it. It's it's more of a. It's not just a job, you know. It's yeah. a service that is coming from somewhere very deep within, and you want to make sure they are okay, they are comfortable, they are happy, they are warm. You know, it's it it has to be out of love, or else. I don't think people would survive doing this job. You couldn't, for a you couldn't do that. And, you know, and, and I love that about the Kenyan culture too, is that, uh, you know, the older that you get, the more respect that you command. Yes. And, uh, but that carried over then when you were taking care of these people and uh, because it, it carried over from your culture, that's what you do. You respect, yeah. people, you take care of them. So it really yeah. impacted uh, your your life uh, as well. Yes, and it was very easy to do that because it's, it's it's not that I was just forcing myself or I'm just thinking about my paycheck. It was I'm caring for somebody else. My grandma is not here, but here I am with these older people. Yes, yeah. that's so great because a lot of people do treat things like that as a job, and right. and it's not fair to. To that person, it's not fair to the person who is 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 getting care, but it's a wonderful thing. You felt a calling to be yeah. sure that these people were taken care of, and yeah. personal responsibility. And uh, you know, we don't see that a lot in the U.S. Well, that's what I was just thinking. It's not. It, it is not taught in this culture the way mm-hmm. it is taught in Kenya, and it's a beautiful thing to bring into this culture and to bring back and to show that the respect for somebody who's lived life and life isn't easy and gone through the ups and the downs and the ins and the outs. And they do have wisdom and they do have value and, and we should be giving them reverence and love and support. And so that's a beautiful, beautiful gift to bring over here. We, we need those things in America. We need those virtues, those values. That's amazing. And I was just going to say, as you know, Lily, in the U S we revere young people yeah youth yeah and 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 it's totally backwards and then you know when you get older well you're not contributing to society anymore you don't have worth and um and it's it's really really destructive and uh and and what a great thing that that you brought that from your background and this is a calling we respect people and we take care of them. And, you know, uh, Lilia, we take teams over um, to Kenya to do a lot of volunteer work and we are always so enriched by the culture of Kenya. 
in those very ways, the community, the closeness, again, taking care of your elders and taking care of each other. You know, we don't even know who our neighbors are Yes, yeah. in the U.S. Yeah. And um, so yeah. we tell people, listen, uh, we're going over to Kenya and yes, we're going to help. We're going to build homes. Uh, we're going to do water projects and help with schools. But let me tell you, I guarantee you when the experience is over, you're going to say they gave more to me. And so for you to come and to help us. I mean, that is uh, uh, a blessing. And I know a lot of people that are in the diaspora and a lot of people don't even know what that word is, but that's people living outside of their country. And I've met a lot of women uh, in the Kenya diaspora who take care, who who do home health care. And uh, I think a lot of it goes back to what you're talking about, that this is not a job. And uh, it's hard to find people that will do that but you are you embraced it and it's a calling it was a ministry for you and um uh, that's that's a that's just in, incredible and uh so what did you do after that after you were in home health care um so um hold on, wait, hold on sweetie mm-hmm. we're gonna give you just a little break real quick so you can go i think your daughter's wanting you and then we'll come back to that exact question Okay. Thank you. <laughs> and she's fine. She's adorable. Don't worry. Okay. You want to just check on her? All right. Okay. It's great. Yeah. Just <laughs> learning a lot. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. To hear her story. Yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. And it is important that it's it's uh, it's it's great that we love our kids and we love our youth and we love. However, it's very backwards that it's very destructive. It's it, that, to, to culture and society. It is the older generation. It's just like the the indigenous like, Navajo. And very respect. same thing. It's, it's the same, same thing, and it makes sense. Their older joints are hurting. They should be heard of what right. they have to pass on and yeah we don't even gain from the knowledge <clears throat> exactly yeah yeah so, i mean i just love hearing her story oh me too and and even the even if i had to go to kenya all by myself to go to university and i oh had no idea what was going on all right so lily Hold we're on. we're gonna oh. Okay, you're back. Okay, you're fine. You're okay, fine. You're in. this is great. You're doing great. We Thank love, you. We love Thank you. hearing your story. Oh, and, man. and our our listeners will will just eat this up. So we're gonna we're gonna start from the point. Then um, after you get out of home health care, then did you go into business? And then we'll move into the Kuitu, what you founded, and 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 that kind of thing. Okay. All right. Go ahead. Uh, so, yes. Um, so during that time, I had two jobs full time and school full time. Mm. Uh, so I would come to my um, job uh, doing, doing direct care at night. I uh, wake up early, finish my work at eight o'clock. I'm on my way to my other job at PNC. And it's full time because um, I worked for them for about two weeks. And they asked me if I want to be full time. And I said, sure. So now I'm going there every day from um, 8.30 to 5 p.m. in the evening. 
And then from there, straight, I passed by my home, go to school mm. uh, at William Patterson in Wayne. And that was my life for mm. so many months. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason I had to do that is because one, I had to move out. Of course, you can't overstay your, okay, you know, sure. yeah. <laughs> I had to get my own place. So I got me a little basement apartment. And also when you come here, um, I came just one person from my family. So guess what? Um, now my whole family depends on me for, yes, for support. Yes, so for support. So I had a brother who had now was now in the university. I had a sister who was in high school, and my little brother was also now going to high school. So I had to mm. be able to help uh, my mom uh, offset some of these uh, uh, fees, and also make sure my family lives in a good house because um, it would be terrible that you're in America, you live in a beautiful place, and your parents still live where you know they live when things were really not. Uh, yeah, so my mom I had to move to a better house. So you were sending money back. And, and yes. one thing our listeners need to understand is school is not paid for in primary or high school. In those young, those none of the schooling is paid for, correct? You are paying for all of that. Yes. So, yes. And during that time, uh, even primary used to pay um, some money for tuition what they just had little fees in there and high school of course you pay for tuition plus boarding because uh they were all going to boarding schools mm-hmm. um university same thing you know very so you were sending money back to help your family yes mm-hmm. yes wow and so i had to keep the two jobs <laughs> i had to uh push myself so hard make sure um my family is happy and i'm happy you know mm-hmm. yeah and many people do that Yes, they do. Yeah, this is every, I think most of immigrants, this is our story. The diaspora, they do. They send money back home and it's actually, uh, you know, a a huge part of the, you know, the GNP in Kenya is what the diaspora send back home to keep that economy going. But, you know, it's difficult because it's it's a strain on people because you're, you know, it's not, it's not cheap to live in the U.S. No. So no. you've got big expenses here. Mm-hmm. You're sending a big chunk of your paycheck, you know, back home. Yeah. And, yes. and it's something that goes on and it's every month they need school fees. Somebody's in the hospital. Yeah. And, and one of the, yeah. And one of the reasons um, why we got into water and you, you mm-hmm. probably uh, know this from my story was mm-hmm. the fact that, what we want to do, you know, if Kenyans had water, particularly in the rural areas, mm-hmm. eventually then they make enough to be able to plant their gardens. There's enough then to eat, to sell. It begins to accelerate the economy. And what we want to do with our water projects, for instance, is to help girls not to have to carry water on their their backs, but but also to get the economy going so that they don't have to depend on people from the US or even their families. And we want to we want that is our big goal in Kenya is is this water because it it really is the engine behind so much of the economy. But meanwhile, back at the ranch, all these people in Kenya that I know that live in the U.S., 
or around the world, the diaspora, they it they send money back home and it is not easy. It's it is a big burden to try to keep your expenses in the US. And we can imagine if we had to send back five, six hundred dollars a month uh back. You know, I mean, it's a big junk. It's a big burden, but you all accept it. And you say, my brothers and sisters have to be taken care of. My mother, my grandmother, they have to be taken care of. And and let me tell my audience, every Kenyan that I know works a couple of jobs, at least for the first many years they're here to get themselves going and to keep their their families going. And 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 I would like to just hit on very quickly water is a burden for the girls and the women in Kenya. Is that correct? And so they're the ones who have to fetch the water. They're the ones who have to start the fire, cook the water, get it going. So even before everybody's up, even before they go to school, you're up having to go get that water, bring it back. It's a huge responsibility. And another big reason why girls and aren't even able to go to school sometimes. Right. Absolutely true. And, yeah. And then you come over here and you're working two jobs. I mean, you guys, <laughs> you guys are just amazing uh, in, 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 the, in, in what you do uh, to uh, create value for yourselves, but also value for your, your families back home. And you work so very, very hard and our hats off yeah. to, to you and the Kenyans um, who just people have no idea what it's like to live in a foreign country, even though it becomes your country. The U.S. Mm-hmm. you know also becomes uh, you know your your country as well. But uh, you're still a Kenyan, and you always will be. And yes. um, but uh, yeah, I- incredible. So keep going. So so you're out there working. You're sending money home, and mm-hmm. um, and uh, so what kind of work did you eventually do after the the home health care? Did you get into business full time to continue with the banking or? Yeah. So um, just when I'm still working these jobs, two jobs, going to school, um, I decided to go home, visit my mom Mm. back to Kenya. So this was the following year. And when my mother saw me, when she picked me up at the airport, she saw me and she just broke down and started crying and she cried so much. And I was just standing there wondering what's wrong. Why is she, why is she crying like this? And I thought, Oh, she's just happy to see me. And it's, you know, it's that first reunion. Cause you know, I know she thought the way I wanted to go out there, probably I was never going to come back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Oh, she cried, and then when she could, um, when she finally got a hold of herself, she told me, "My goodness, why do you look like this?" You know, I, she was like, oh. "I cannot. Why do you look like this? All of a sudden, you are so thin. You are oh. so dark. You look tired. You look oh. old. What's what's wrong?" Oh. Oh. <laughs> and, um, and I look at her, and I'm like, "Nothing. Why? Why? Why do you think? You know? Because for me." Whatever is going on with me is something I, I can't see because it has happened gradually. Maybe sure. I, you know, sure. yeah, and I haven't noticed yet. And she asked me, "Do you do you eat? Do you drink water? <laughs> Are you sleeping? Do you sleep?" <sighs> and I said, "Mom, I I work hard. You know, I want to be able to afford um, your lives here and my life there. So 
yeah, I do my best to sleep and all of that. And I also, ha- I'm in school. So my mom was like, you know what? No, no, no. At the airport, we haven't even gotten in that. We're still standing there with my suitcase. And she said, no, 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 no. I'd rather go hungry than see you look like this. Oh. You went to America. I was expecting you to come back looking like McDonald's. Yes, she was expecting me to come back looking fabulous like the girls on TV or whatever. <laughs> so I came back looking like a, a scarecrow. She couldn't recall me. <laughs> scarecrow. Oh. So she said, no, I don't want your money. I don't want anything from you. If you're going to die doing this, forget it. Uh-huh. I can't even allow you to. to you know, oh my gosh, she was so shocked. And um, I, I, I don't know. Um, I hadn't. I didn't know. I didn't realize that I looked so, you know. Yeah. So we went um, to a hotel because she lives in Kakamega. We couldn't travel all the way that night. So, because right. I arrived at night. So we went to our hotel and the following day she sat me down and um, started talking. And, um, you know, she just encouraged me and told me, you know, we are fine. You've oh. done enough. We can, you know, we can, I can always figure things out. You don't have to worry about us or... Oh, but um, but so she told me, I want you to stop working at night. Okay. You know, I want you not to work at night. I want you to be able to sleep. Sure. And have one job and do whatever that job can oh. can do for you. So when I came back, I didn't go back to the other job. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so wow. I kept my job at PNC full time, which uh, when I decided to just work one job, I started thriving. I was doing so well. Um, I stayed with them for uh, five, no, six years. Okay. And I only left because um, I was having my child and I couldn't, I, I couldn't separate. I had separation problems. Um, yeah. One time I left my kid home to go back to work after maternity leave and I couldn't survive the whole day. And um, oh, it, it doesn't feel natural. No, it's gut-wrenching, isn't it? To have to do that. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I decided to take a year off, be with my child. Um, And it's so funny because when I was pregnant, um, I graduated. I finished school um, when I'm I'm seven months in. So, yes. So on my graduation, since I finished in summer, when I walked, I actually had had my baby on me. (laughs) How sweet. Yeah. So, and and yes. so after that year, then did you go back in, into working in business? Um, after that year, yeah. Um, I, I actually went back. I looked for a direct care job. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. And the reason I wanted to do that is because I still wanted more time with my child. So yeah. um, I looked for a job that I can work in the night so that um, in the daytime I'm with her. Mm-hmm. And then... Once I have her ready to sleep and everything, she can sleep home with her daddy, and then I'm working. Wow! So yeah, it worked so, out well. It worked out well. Perfect. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yes. Now yes. I want to I want to transition now because what you what you did then is you realized that this is not easy coming to this country, and uh, women like me from Kenya who live in this country need support. Uh, yes. Yes. And so you started an organization called Kwitu, which stands for K 
Kenya Women in the United States. Now tell us about that yes, organization. Yes. So Quintu basically came because of this whole story I've told you. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. So coming, when you come to America, you realize um, everything you thought is going on in America is not exactly what's happening. That's right. You're not going to come from the airport and find a big tree full of dollar leaves and shake it and get money. <laughs> no. <laughs> There's nothing that true too. So tell me when you find it. There's no cycling. You know, you arrive here, you realize how hard it is to even know who your neighbor is. Yeah. And then yeah. heat, winter, something you've never seen in your life. We are tropic. Oh. Air all year. It's all just, year. yes. Yeah. So the weather is different. The food yeah. is different. The culture is different. Yeah. And for most of us, when we come here, if we don't transition really well and really quickly, we fall through the cracks. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Sure. It has happened to so many of us. Uh, the loneliness is super real because um, I could feel it. Um, when I was here about a month later, my, um, my, my uncle, who's the brother to my dad, died. And he was basically that guy who was there that I could call, you know, he's like my dad, you know? Yeah. So it was like my, yeah, he was the saddest thing. And I had no, I couldn't go home. I couldn't, I don't even know if I had that grief, grieving process. Mm. It was, it started hitting me slowly and it was so lonely all the time. I didn't know who to talk to about this because even though I'm living here in this house, at that time I was still in the house, um, they're not really my blood relatives. So I don't think, I didn't feel free to talk to them like that. Mm. So being disconnected from your family is very real. When you start getting lonely, it's, um, you become homesick. Yes. You know? And I don't know how to treat that. But. And, and Lily, let me, my experience, yeah. because I've, I've been over to Africa a, a lot of times, but I I've taken my boys four times. And yeah. every time we come back, we go to Africa and we have this just community of people. Mm -hmm. I mean, neighbors, everybody is so mm -hmm. loving and so helpful. And then I would come back and I would get so depressed being back in, in America because I didn't have that tribe around me i didn't know my neighbors so that loneliness i could just imagine how deep and hard and then losing an uncle that was like a dad, dad to you that's a that's a hard place to be and and, and so you use all of that to start this kwitu to give women like you in kenya that live yes. in the united states some support listen we're we're all out here we're lonely we're struggling uh we're not with our family back in, in kenya and so, um, how, how many, how many P, how many women are a part of Kwitu? Okay. So what, what I wanted is for us not to go through these things alone. Yeah. And especially for people coming from Kenya, not to go through any of the stuff we went through and you guys through. with nobody. So what I wanted was to connect first, connect Kenyan women awesome. and once we are connected, we have to now support one another and empower one another. And that's mm -hmm. the mission of we do. Uh, connecting, supporting, and empowering Kenyan women here in the States. Wow. So when we created the forum, um, when I put the forum out there on Facebook, because we exist in so many different ways. We have the Facebook forum, which was uh, our place of connection. And then now we have the organization 
which is now also uh, now the legal entity that backs us up. Mm-hmm. And through that, we even have a, a business arm of Quito, which is called Quito Global. So when we started, the, when um, Quito came to be, it was to really look for us Kenyan women and put us together and start talking, yeah. start knowing one another, start connecting. And you've been to one of our reunions. Yes. Those are insane. It's, it, oh, it's, <laughs> it's so much fun. It's so much yes. fun. And we connect, and you know, this is the thing. We started connecting online, and now we are really out there offline because even though we do the annual reunions, we also have the um, state-level meetups that we do across the United States. Yes, I've been to many of them too. Yeah. So that was the mission. Uh, I wanted us to start healing because some of us are so lonely. And, you know, in Quito, people are talking. We are talking all day. You're going to laugh. You're going to cry at the same time. You're going to to even, it doesn't matter. Whatever you're looking for, just come and ask. Somebody knows the answer. Somebody mm-hmm. will show you uh, where to go or what to do, whether the problem is here or in Kenya. Yes. We have all the answers in there. And that's what we wanted. And that's what I wanted to see. I wanted the Kenyan women um, not to go or not to suffer alone or not to go through the cracks because we have real community issues. Serious yeah. community issues. And I know we we'll talk about that, but the first thing we had to do is to connect. Yes, yes. Yeah. And that was a huge undertaking to, yes. to get a grassroots organization and get everybody connected together. And, and what you have done with that, I'm, again, as you said, I've been to some of the conventions and uh, it, especially when you hear a story like yours, you realize how important that is. And so what you you did, you, you saw a need and you met the need out of your own need. And that's one of the things that this uh, show is about is using your experiences in life to help other people. And what you said is so great. I don't want anybody to have to go through what I went through. And uh, so you use that now to help. So, I mean, there's a, it's the largest women's Kenya organization, I believe in the United States. Is it not, Kwitu? In the entire diaspora. In the, in the yes, entire, entire diaspora. Yes. Yeah. And so uh, how, when, what year would that started? Did you start Kwitu? Started in 2015. And 20, so it's only five years or so old and you've grown that network then and you have conventions you're like you say you're connecting on social media if somebody for instance loses a member uh, a family member back home you're there for them helping them through the grieving process you're also doing business helping women to uh, connect with business let's do business together if i'm going to go into that now not only did you start quitu and and everything else you also started uh, a cosmetic line and so you're helping <laughs> you're helping each other also to thrive in the working world and in business and to be able to have assets and to empowering each other um, yes. and and working together so that that is truly amazing i, I want to hear about your uh, your cosmetic line yeah. too Lav- is it lavish by lily is that yes. right Yes. So before I say I, I say anything about that, I wanted to tell you about um, this document that we have on our website called Caribou American. Oh, good. So 
that is something we put out there for anybody in Kenya who's thinking about going to America and you wow, happen to great. check our website. So Karibu means welcome to America. Yes. Welcome. So uh, basically, we tell you everything. When you get to the airport, this is what you need to have. So you have a whole handbook for yes. this already. Uh, wow. Uh, it's so perfect. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. This is how you get you get access to, a, to the Wi-Fi. This is wow. how you get an Uber if you want to go. Before you wow. leave, make sure you have the names of your hosts, the addresses, the phone numbers somewhere where you cannot misplace those so that people cannot be stuck at the airport or you can easily panic. I'm a very calm person, you know. Somebody will be stuck there for two hours and they're panicking already. They're losing yes. it, right? So, I would. Yeah, yeah you would. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you, had, you came up with this whole handbook, basically. Yes. Wow. Yes. And just to, from your life experience, just from, from what you went through. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, again, what a great thing. That's what we want people to do is listen, take your experiences exactly. and help somebody else through them. Yeah. And, uh, and, and in that sense, we become healed helpers to each other. And uh, so, so that was a big undertaking in and of itself to have all that information for people mm-hmm. on your, on your website. And uh, so in addition to the business and in addition to just community and the loneliness issues, you're dealing with just, listen, basic things of when you get here, this is what can happen. Here's what you're going to need. Preparation, you're, you know, you're preparing uh, these people. And um, that's fantastic. I mean, wow. Um, And I think I asked you earlier, but about how many women are in Kwitu. Right now, uh, 14,000. 14,000. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's, insane. that's insane, Lily. 14,000. You go, girl. But look at, look at the support you're giving to 14,000 people, not only to them, to their children, yeah, their families, yeah. and their people back home. I mean, yeah. look at this network, this safety net thing. Uh, what an incredible, whew, what, okay, high five. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, wow. And, and then wow. you didn't stop there. Now you started your own cosmetic line. I mean, my goodness gracious. Yes, I did. I did. And um, the reason I started. You're so beautiful. Whew, glowing. Well, thank oh, you. Can, can Mazungus, that means white people for, you know. Uh, can we have some of those cosmetics? Will they work for us and make us beautiful like you? Beauty <laughs> <laughs> is beautiful, but yeah, I have, I have, I have them on my website. So wow, uh, when did yeah. you start that? When did you start the cosmetic business? Um, in twenty nineteen. Oh, so it's new. What is the name of your um, cosmetic business? So, if we want to go check it out, or our listeners want to check it out, it's uh, lavish by Lily. Lavish so, if you go to uh, lily.com you'll find it. That's amazing. Yeah. And you have a daughter. You're newly married. Yeah, I have a seven-year-old. Um, and, you, and you had a wedding in Kenya. I had my wedding in Kenya. Wow. I had two wedding dates because initially I was supposed to get married in August and then COVID-19 said, hell no. Yeah. <laughs> it's saying that to a lot Everybody. of people. It's ruining all of our plans, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So I cried, but you know, so I waited until December and we finally got married. 
Oh, yeah. congratulations. Yeah. congratulations. Yes. So what are, you know, where, where do you see yourself, Lily, in five, five, 10 years? Or where do you see Kwitu and, and, and your life? And um, what, what words of wisdom can, 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 you, can you leave us with here today? Oh, my goodness. I have so much uh, to say about that. Um, because an organization like us came about because it, it was necessary. Yes. It was an organization whose time has come, you know. It is the, the simplest thing that people overlook that actually brought us together because you'd, you'd hear somebody talk about loneliness and you're like, oh, so what? You know, loneliness, people are lonely. It looks like it's no big deal, but you realize people, many people are depressed because they have no one um, yes. to turn to. Yeah. And when, and, and, um, Loneliness is actually one of the biggest challenges we in this community face. Yeah, uh, people are isolated mm-hmm. by their partners because being an immigrant community, sometimes you meet an, a guy and you're in Africa and he's like, "Oh, you know, I can marry you, bring you to America, you come over here," mm-hmm. and then you realize the reality of things. You know, he's maybe. I don't know. And he realizes now you are at his mercy. You don't have papers unless he files papers for you. Mm-hmm. And now you start going down a very uh, terrible road and you have no way out because you don't know anybody. If they isolate you, you don't have no one. You no. just know him. He's my, you know, I depend on him. I belong to him. And it happens to so many people, mm-hmm. especially in the immigrant community. Um, and such women are very lonely. They're, they're very trapped yeah. and it, that's one of the things that we as Kwitu try to help with you know if you're in such a situation by all means we would, we would want to hear from you if you can reach us and we talk to our members and tell them if you discover something like this please let's talk let's fix it we work with authorities we work with other organizations wow. um and so um being a community that um I don't even that that doesn't frown on things like domestic violence. Mm. You know, we some of our culture actually encourages men to beat up their wives. Yes. You know, domestic and violence is a huge, yes, huge. Big, it's actually the biggest uh, challenge we face. It is. Yeah. So mm. our community, um, in fact, if you, you try to report that your husband beats you, uh, the community will shun you. They'll say, where are you trying to get your husband arrested? Where are you putting your husband in trouble? Where are you so ungrateful? This is the father of your children. Why are you, you know? Mm. So women would rather get beat up to death than come out and speak up and say, listen, I'm going through this. I need some help. And what we do is we try to tell these women, listen, even if you're afraid to go to the authority, then let's find another way, you know? Let us help you escape, put you somewhere safe, stay there quietly and figure out from there what's going to happen. If you don't want your husband to be in trouble, but we can still find ways of you living with your life intact, you know, and so much going on, things, uh, mental illness, you know, according to so many people as a black woman, you're not supposed to be depressed. You're not even supposed to see psych- for what? You're strong. You're mentally strong. Black people don't get depressed. Black people, Kenyans or whatever, don't get, you know, don't be like this, you know. Like a woman would be depressed and she doesn't want her husband to know she's going through things like that. Because my husband will judge me, you know. His family will, will judge me or whatever. You'd rather 
keep it to yourself. Struggle alone. And I know many people, even our own selves, we've looked at somebody who's going through these mental things and be like, wait, therapist, why are you going to a therapist? Did you ever see your mom in Africa go to a therapist? Right. <laughs> you know? What's wrong with you? Well, you know, but Lily, yeah, what's wrong with you? Yeah, you're yeah. so many great oh points. And so many great points that COVID has brought to light, actually, mm-hmm. is, is the mental illness has gone up. The isolation has gone up. Suicide has mm-hmm. gone up. Depression has gone up. Mm-hmm. And and in so many instances, like you're saying, oh, we're not allowed to talk about it because our family has different views on it. And we feel like we're going to get kicked out of our family base, our tribe, just because we believe differently than they believe. And that's just, it's it's about taking care of ourselves. Like we talked about in the beginning, it is okay to take care of yourself. This is beautiful what you're giving these Mm. women and, and this kind of education is for all of us. So thank you for what you're bringing forward. And you know, and it it reminds me of of something that I learned about you or something that Kwitu wants to do. And that is to provide some housing for women who need to get out of a domestic violent situation and to be able to to have a, a home or you know something to go to and i believe that's something that Quitu is working on so i just want to say right now to our listeners uh if you buy a bag from us today uh on our on our store uh any of those proceeds are going to go to help Quitu to to fund yeah. uh the this housing for these women Absolutely. that need to get out of an abusive situation and that's what the bag ladies is about not only helping people in Kenya and Africa and around the world, but people here. And this is a real need. And uh, I know that you have a heart for Kwitu to to go into this, to provide some of these housing uh, situations for some of these women. They're trapped, as, as yeah. I talked about. So I just want our listeners to know that um, today, anybody that buys this listening and buys a bag, uh, it's going to go to Kwitu to help the Absolutely. Uh, get some shelter be- uh, to to be able to get out of of, of those situations and uh, wow uh, you um, you just uh, you just knocked the ball out of the park as we say in the U S <laughs> if you know baseball you know you got to know baseball uh, uh, but you are an example for all of us not just women from Kenya but for all of us of of what you went through uh, as a child the eldest child you're you're having to take responsibilities. You come to the U.S., um, not a lot of support. You experience all of these problems. And what did you do? You didn't just sulk about it or turn inward or poor me. No, you did something about it and say, I'm going to help people uh, that go through this. It's kind of like, well, I've never been through a divorce, so I don't know really what that's like. But someone who has they're very empathetic and they know exactly what this person is going through. You know exactly what these women are going through, but you haven't just sat back and said, oh, well, too bad. Uh, I'm going to just live my life and, and, and enjoy it. Uh, no, you did something about it. And in so doing, there's no telling. Maybe the, the stars in the sky, how many people that you have touched and generationally changed yeah. and their children. 
And we just want to say thank you. Thank you today for sharing your story and your life and opening up and helping uh, our listeners to understand some of the problems that you all face, but also just this example of taking what was given to you in life, but turning it around and, and making something good out of it and helping people with it and finding purpose in it. And um, I tell you, I just feel like, you know, I, I'm your sister now. And, uh, and I just feel so bonded to you. And um, I've admired you uh, since, since uh, we met and, and I've been a part of uh, a couple of the Quitu conventions, the national mm -hmm. and some, some other state ones. But to hear it, to hear your journey is so inspiring. And we just thank you so much for taking the time. You're so busy uh, with Quitu and you, your little girl and marriage and, and uh, Lavish by Lily. Don't forget to go to, to check that out as well. And uh, if there's anything that we can do to help Quitu and uh, to help your, it's, it's a ministry. Uh, please, uh, you know, let us know. We want to be a, a part of that. Mm -hmm. And that's, uh, again, why, why we're here and what, why we're doing what we're doing yeah. is, to, is to provide mainly support for women uh, and uh, to empower them. And so we're really partners together. And we want uh, you to, to understand that and to know that. And uh, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, and even though I'm not from Kenya, um, I do feel like a Kenyan because I have so much family there. I I want to be part of Kwitu, even though I'm not from Kenya. Man, what a great organization, Lily. Thank you. Thank you so very, very much. And um, we will be in touch and uh, tell your little daughter, thank you for sharing her yeah. mommy Sweet little girl. today. And, um, and, and, and God bless you, my dear. Yeah, let's do this again. Thanks for having me and thanks for allowing me to tell my story and uh, tell the Kwitu story. Um, I hope we'll have another session some other time because I have so much Kwitu stuff to tell you. Oh, yes. let's do it. Amazing stuff. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, yes, let's we, do it. We want to have part two. We sure. want to have uh, maybe part three. Yeah, we'll be back. It's a, it's a lot. And, and thank you for all the work you do in Kenya. Well, I, I, on behalf of all the Kenyans that know what you do, yeah, you know, well, it's our blessing. Yeah. And to get to know people like you is is the Makes chair. It worth it. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Well, listen, you have a great day there. We will uh again, we'll encourage our listeners uh to buy a bag and uh to help change a life and uh to help a, a great cause. And uh, God bless you. And um we look forward to part two and hearing uh how uh you just continue to rock the world with compassion yeah you crush it girl yeah bye-bye <laughs> thank you bye-bye well lily is a wonderful amazing woman and what uh an inspiring story and helping this huge network like fourteen thousand kenya women to not only survive but but to thrive yeah, and I, I just still am blown away by how scary it would be just thinking of even going to Kenya for the first right. time by myself, 
not knowing the culture, even driving on the opposite side of the road (laughs) and different currencies. And what she has done is just truly miraculous. Yes. Such a fun, sweet lady. Yes. Beautiful, beautiful, fun, sweet lady. And uh, we're going to help her organization. Yeah. And the ways that we're helping tribe is we're having you buy a bag and we have so many beautiful bags and the proceeds of course are going to help support amazing women around the world, including Lily and what she's done for people. So you can go to www.thebagladyshow.com to um, buy a bag, help a cause, change a life. And also please like us, follow yes. us, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, give us some reviews on Apple and Spotify and continue showing up as our tribe. This is created for you in mind. This came out of love for everyone. And so we're so glad you're here with us. Yes, indeedy we are. And (laughs) beginning next Thursday, we are going to start a drawing. Yes. So you can go online at thebagladyshow.com, register to win some awesome prizes like some of our merchandise, some of our bags, even we're going to have some cash prizes, gift certificates, and a da-da-da-da, you have a chance to win a safari to Kenya. Oh, boy. (laughs) you're going to want to go online and register to be eligible for these drawings. And uh, we're looking forward uh, to doing that next week. No cost to enter. Just go to thebagladyshow.com and register for the drawing starting next Thursday. Awesome. How fun. Well, our quote for the day is by Anne Frank. And she said, no one has ever become poor by giving. And that is so true. And in fact, you be truly become rich by giving. So uh, everybody, let's go out this week and crush it with compassion. Buy a bag, help a cause, change a life.